Every time is always the charm. Here we go. All right. Welcome to episode 49 of the Lab Podcast. we got a very special guest. we got Danny Cloud visiting us today. How are you doing I'm today? I'm doing well. Cold AF in Chicago, but doing well. Oh, what's the, what's the weather? Like what's the weather? Ish. Well, that's not bad. It could be like five-ish with wind chills and snow, so you're doing good. No, you got 30. It was that. It was that. <laughs> it, was that. <laughs> it was that like last weekend, bro. That shit was terrible. Gosh. It Don't so worry, cold, it hit us too, big dog. It was, <laughs> it ain't never been one degrees in fucking Tennessee. It was negative two degrees out here, and in the south they don't really know how to act. So we had rolling blackouts. We had people crashing all over the place. It was, it was just all bad. Like the whole city was shut down. That's fucked up, man. It's sixty five here today. <laughs> sixty five here today. It's probably a whole day. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this is actually the first day has been sunny in like a week and a half because the fat ass storm hit yeah. like between here and uh, like uh, San Francisco. So like, how many people got flooded? All type of shit. Y'all be waiting for it to be a little fifty five, sixty out there. Y'all talk about Montclair Coast on for the first time ever and shit. Might be cold it's... when it's fifty out here. It be getting windy and shit. No, that wind do be biting too. Like, y'all wind different. <laughs> It don't, I mean, it, of course, it doesn't sound comparable to 10 to 20 degrees, <laughs> right. but you feel me? On a sliding scale, it's just as cold. Just on as cold. Sliding scale. Okay. <laughs> we had 65 right. degrees. Relatively, relatively. I see what you're saying, relatively. Yes. We had 65 yes. degrees and 10 degrees all in one week. So. When it's 65 degrees after you get a 10 degrees, you damn near outside in shorts and oh, shit, yeah. bro. And that's when you get sick every time. <laughs> you outside drinking that liquor with a shirt on. Thinking it's sweet and it's not. <laughs> oh my god! You yeah. might as well get right into it. Let's do it. Let's get it. <laughs> so you want to just give yeah, some brief background so on yourself? For many of those that probably won't know, I worked at FTX for a year, um, and I'm still in the crypto industry and. Um, a big thing about just kind of my experience at FTX was I worked there for a year and I happened to get a job. I signed my new offer letter the same, like a week before FTX went bankrupt. And I really got to see it from peak to fall from the inside, which was fascinating. And so we'll get into that later on. Um, I worked out of Chicago, but I did spend like three months at their headquarters down in the Bahamas, um, living a very lavish lifestyle, which we now know is funded with user funds, which, (laughs) you know, when you (laughs) got to see it firsthand, it makes sense because nothing else did for in terms of how they ran a company. And so we'll get into all that. (laughs) So... How does you end up working there? Like, how does you even find? Yeah, so I had two or three different positions at FTX. Um, I actually, when I had started a year ago, this was like before they had really made themselves kind of a household name. They had just signed Tom Brady and just started working with Shaq. And I didn't know what FTX was before I started. It was only when a recruiter reached out on LinkedIn and she reached out for a compliance role, which... I didn't really know what compliance was until I started working in compliance, which should have been a red flag there. I had no compliance it's, it's experience. Um, it's bad, so compliance is terrible. Right, and so mm-hmm. compliance, um, for those that don't know, working in compliance, especially working in like a financial company in compliance means 
you're the department that's charged with making sure internally things are are going well and then also externally things are going well you're preventing fraud um you know people that want to sign up and use fake ids or run some type of scam you're the first line of defense for filtering those people out and creating and maintaining policies that prevent that which was great you know it was a real full circle in my life for to to work in compliance um (laughs) and it was it was interesting but you know in retrospect it's like why would they hire somebody to work in compliance that had no compliance experience and then on top of that Mm. um i had my academic background and my career has all been in marketing. Um, And so prior to that, I worked for an accounting firm running a marketing department. And when they were looking to hire me, they actually skipped over me for the first position that they were looking for because I had too much experience. So they truly were looking for people that were inexperienced and that could just kind of, as later described, be soldiers um, and would do things without asking questions was really their big motto. And... Mm. That makes sense because you you so, wouldn't know any better to exactly. to say that's so. How was that yeah. like interview process? Um, so it was actually very sketch because, like I said, when I first found out about FTX, I hadn't really heard of them uh, before, and then obviously I researched as soon as they um, reached out to me, and it was a series of four interviews. The first was with a recruiter who was working with a company to find me. Um, the next two were with people that worked in compliance. And then the last one was going to be with the senior, um, with some senior compliance member. Um, and it was the day before my last interview. And I got an email just saying like, Oh, we're going to have to reschedule. And then they just ghosted me for two and a half months. And I hadn't heard from yeah. them. Um, later on, I did find out that this was the time frame in which they were moving their headquarters to the Bahamas. And mm. they just completely ghosted me. And then, um, two, like I said, two and a half months later, they reached out. And I was like, at that point, I had another offer letter on the table from Spot Hero, actually. And I was like, look, I'll take this interview because if they could waste my time, I could waste theirs. You know, so I see what it's about. Mm-hmm. I come to find out, I hear the benefits and, you know, I go into negotiations. They offer me 10K more than, you know, the other company. And I was like, you know, this, this is great. Plus, one of their perks was, of course, free health care and $200 a day for DoorDash. So 200 a day, are you serious, which is like an extra $75,000 if you account. <laughs> what honestly, I don't even think I could spend $200 on DoorDash a day, like every day. And then once you get it, then yeah, you can't spend $200 that easy on yeah. DoorDash. That shit is uh, listen, what, you, what you want, you go, the whole bridge is gonna be left though, literally. It's possible. <laughs> It's just amazing. You got Walgreens on there. Everything that you could possibly need. The only thing that you couldn't do was order alcohol, but you get credits when they fuck your orders up, and you can use the credits to buy whatever you want, including alcohol. So it was great. This is next level. It was a great ride. (laughs) This sounds like the biggest blessing ever. Like man, y'all tweaked with me, and now y'all just just went too crazy. No, and they pay me more than the other person. So like. It was, you know what I'm it saying? was sweet. And so, you know, that was my role. As I mentioned, I was very transparent during my last interview when I finally had it. I was like, look, 
my background's in marketing. I have another role in marketing, et cetera. And the woman that I was interviewing with um, was like, look, if you want to be in marketing, take the role in marketing. Like, this is not a marketing role, this, that, the other. But if I were you and I were in your shoes, I would take a role as a receptionist just to be in the company and try and switch when you can, like work your ass off and, and switch to another department um, when you can, which is what I did um, within three months of being at FTX. I think I started in November of 2021. And by January, I was in charge of sending all their emails and you know, quickly went from just being their email marketer to being one of the three people working for FTX US Marketing. So it was mm-hmm. a very interesting and fascinating ride. That was the, that's just the start of it, <laughs> you know. So I'm kind of interested on their like their cultures because you know how all companies love to talk culture <laughs> or whatnot. So how was theirs? It was awful. So as I mentioned, <laughs> um, I switched into marketing, and there was by the time that I left and I had accepted my offer letter for another company. Remember, like I decided to walk away from the $200 a day and the trips to whether it's Miami and going to see the heat for free or going to the Bahamas and, you know, living in lavish condos, I decided to walk away from all of that to work at another company because that's how bad the company culture was. Um, You know, I was in marketing, there was a hundred percent turnover rate. My boss who I adored, he moved his family from California to the Bahamas. And I'm not just talking about like wife and a kid. He moved his wife, his seven-year-old, his five-year-old, and his six-week-year-old child to the Bahamas. And mm. within two months, he quit. Mm. He was like, this is done. His wife looked at him and was like, I've never even seen you like this before. Um, we were working Monday to Sunday, like, you know, every day. Oh, like, Lord. And we were on Slack, which is like a 24-hour meeting. And it would be okay. What? Talking about what? Um, Just pro- like projects, like every when you work for a startup, especially you think about FTX being worth 40 billion and only Mm -hmm. having 320 employees and half of those employees are just customer support and supporting departments. So that means it's really Mm -hmm. on a very small amount of people to keep things running. And FTX did not bring in professionals. Every time they brought in professionals, those people, would last maybe a month and a half because they would, they would note the red flags and they would be like, this doesn't make sense. Like, why wouldn't we do it this way? And then they would get fired. And Mm. you know, like that was really, this is crazy. This is crazy. And so my boss came in and this is in marketing and this is the one that moved his family. He was dedicated. He had started on his own, a handful of companies that he had sold or, um, you know, pawned off to others. And so he was by all means successful in his career and knew what he was doing marketing wise. And Mm -hmm. also add in there, I personally, like even now I work at a a tech startup, a crypto startup too. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't mind working Monday to Sunday. You know, I don't work, I don't mind doing that type of work for stints that kind of comes with the territory, to be honest with you. It's very, high, you know, stress, it can be stressful, but a lot of times it's high reward, especially like, you know, living the lifestyle I did, it it wasn't coming for free. But I think the issue arises when you're working like that. And your every project you're working on is derailed, or you have people Mm -hmm. at the top that are making poor choices. 
And that can eventually become detrimental to a team. And so, you know, I was on this team of four people, including myself, including um, also the boss that I mentioned. Within like two months, he quit. He was like, this is incredibly stupid just the way that this company is running their marketing department they fired my co-worker and the only other person was a designer so yes she was in marketing because she had to be because there's it was just me and her but you know it's just wait 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 yeah time out to put this in scale you said two people are running the marketing for a 40 billion dollar company now we it's two people that doing was it. Yeah, we gotta we gotta slow down for sure. Yeah. Weren't, weren't, weren't y'all didn't y'all sponsor uh uh what's what's uh what's his name's F one team the Mercedes yeah. F one yeah. team? Oh, uh, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, like so we, these ain't little like marketing moves. And we were also using QuickBooks, <laughs> so like we weren't a little operation, <laughs> but we were not running it, and that that was the whole point that my boss we weren't a little operation this is a billion dollar brother you now, gotta have departments so, backtrack a little bit because the two people <laughs> that i'm referencing we were also on ftx us marketing which was like 10 i think it was like valued at 8 billion versus international was 32 billion so the international team had more people on it i would say roughly like between eight and ten people i think um and so when i started working in marketing i would say six months in there was a big push to get both teams on the same side just because like why would we be divided um especially so anyways i hope that answers your question on <laughs> work culture at fdx <laughs> i mean how hard, so, how hard could it have been to merge the two it's only two additional um, people um the ways in which departments worked at FTX were pretty backwards. So usually like, for example, a large company like Kraft or even Coinbase will have a chief marketing officer, right? Mm -hmm. Chief marketing officer saying, Hey, look, I have a career in marketing. I know what to do in marketing. I have a demonstrated history of getting shit done. These are my recommendations, working with finance, working with the CEO, working with the board to align versus at FTX would bring in people who specialized in marketing. And then it would be the chief operating officer who was like, nah, we're going to do this. And you have someone, and I don't know if you guys have seen the chief operating officer only had maybe three or four years of experience in. Only three or four. What? And we're not talking about experience running a company we're talking about she was a compliance analyst for two years and that was her role that was my role at ftx the first four months and she went from that role oh, to being a chief to officer. CFO. So, and she was the one calling the shot <laughs> in marketing so like we never had the chance to uh to get joshua so. every time josh every time <laughs> <laughs> all right so what was like your first red flag at this company and like, like did it snowball? Was it, I'm gonna, obviously it was like a domino oh. effect, but like, what was that first red flag? <laughs> um, first, I mean, there are a bunch of red flags. Like no one gets just $200 a day. And like the stuff that was going on, like I remember reaching out, going back to the whole QuickBook conversation. I remember it was my first, I think I was like three months in, um, it was like end of January, 2021. And me and the whole compliance team went on a trip to the Bahamas for two weeks where we all stayed in 
very nice hotels all our room service like we all had like a competition of whose bill is going to be the most at the end of it and we're talking about four digits five <laughs> digits like <laughs> uh, for all of us and there's you know a dozen of us and this is not even this is all outside of the people that are living in the Bahamas we're on the low end as far as cost comes um and so you don't get that experience anywhere and I think it was easy to be like, well, this is crypto money's flying around. Like, you know, maybe it's, it's normal for crypto, but I think that was definitely a flag. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then it wasn't until I moved to the Bahamas and had spent from, you know, like end of May to August living there. And from that point, you really get to see, the culture that's brewing. Um, and we would just have these rounds where people would just get fired and there wouldn't be a ton of rhyme or reason to it. And a lot of the decisions at that point, I was able to see uh, that management was making choices that just didn't align with what anyone else <laughs> believed in. And it was really this like march to the beat of the drum or you're going to get canned <laughs> and everything was trial by fire. And that was definitely the big red flag. And then on you add into the mix that they had a company psychiatrist. Um, so if you've watched billions, similar to that. <laughs> and so, so like everything that's going on, you're still obviously succeeding in the role. So like, tell me about that. Like, how are you able to, you feel navigate. still maneuver through all of, yeah, through all of these yeah, things? Um, I think I'm just incredibly thankful, especially how I was able to exit how I did. Um, if you guys know or may not know the downfall of FTX really, I won't say it started there, but it definitely ended on Twitter. Um, where the CEO of FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, got into it with the CEO of Binance, um, CZ, mm -hmm. and basically hinted that FTX was insolvent, which led to a bank run. And it was that same night that they first got into it that I signed my offer letter for another company. And so I was just mm -hmm. like, this mm -hmm. is interesting. I'm out. Like, you know, um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> my head out. Um, I will say that it was incredibly challenging. I can look back at it and laugh at it. And obviously posting on social media, it just looks like I'm living this lavish life. You know, I went to go see formula one was literally sitting, you know, in a private section with an open bar for three days in a row an experience that cost probably tens of thousands of dollars to do for free going to Miami heat, having great seats, you know, like, it was an incredible experience, but when I was in the Bahamas, I would be crying like to the work that hard for such a long period. And for all the projects that you're working on to be trashed, um, there is no one telling you like, you're doing a good job. And I remember when my, um, boss quit, they brought someone else in who had been kicked off of gaming and then thrown into mergers and acquisitions, booted out of mergers and acquisitions, and then thrown into lead marketing. Yeah. And Wait a minute. everything I did was below his standards. And this is how he treated everyone. But there was no one else at this time reporting to him except me. And so it's just me and him. And I remember having, it was one of the last conversations I had with him, um, like over Zoom. And I remember him telling me, he was like, 
he tried to have this very candid conversation with me where he's like, all right, well, I don't think that this is working out for you. What do you think that you would like to do? And like, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, like this is an opportunity to be vulnerable almost. And I remember just opening up and being like, well, you know, previously before you came into marketing, I really enjoyed working collaboratively. You know, like I, if there's an end goal in sight, I like being able to banter with the other people on my team and coming to solutions together versus our dynamic was very much, he'd be like, I want this, I would provide it. And he'd be like, this is trash. Um, so I was like, I appreciate like, let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. Like, let's be collaborative in terms of getting to the end goal. And he was like, oh, that's really good. That's really, really insightful that you're able to look at that. And then he looked me dead in the eyes and was like, I don't think you belong at FTX. I think you should leave the startup <laughs> world and go work in corporate America. And what? like, just straight up was like, you don't belong here. You know, you're not a good fit for this work culture. Now, granted, every single person that I had worked with said the exact opposite. And this person had a dozen people that had went on record and told and, and complained about him to management. But for me, mm. it was still like it was still a very defeating moment to have because i had never experienced that before like i'm a high yeah. strong <laughs> motherfucker and so for somebody to look me dead in my eyes and be like you don't fucking belong here and everything you and the kill from what you said, i'm like the kill from what, the kill from what you said is that like, i just want to work in the team like i just want to have a functioning right. team we can do projects <laughs> We can work together and get everything done. Just exactly. As a team. And it, like, right. I don't even need to divvy up the work, to be honest. I just need you to be on the same page. Like, be a contributing member. To be collaborative. Exactly. And the, the reality is, I found out that he had gone to HR and complained about me before he even came into the department. Like, when he had sight, I found out that he went in and he had badmouthed my previous boss that quit. He went on record and said, oh, this guy sucks. I could do his job way better. He threw everyone under the table. And so he was just trying to get rid of me. Like, Man, he is dirty. Mm -hmm. he was dirty. I, I, I just realized that you said psychiatrist and not, not psychologist. No. So were people on Adderall heavy to be working seven days a week like this? They had Adderall in forms that I didn't even know existed. Motherfuckers on, on patches. <laughs> That's why you see these videos Ooh. of Sam and he's shaking because he's literally going through withdrawals. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> bro, Adderall patches that, the next level. That is though. wild. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, but it's even crazy. Even you saying that they moved him from gaming to mergers and acquisitions to mark like bro that's in the places that you're moving mergers acquisitions that's billions of dollars and it gets even worse because like my move to marketing was supposed to come with a promotion and because obviously you're two people or three people leading a fucking marketing team for a 12 or eight billion dollar company your fucking pay should go up and he came in bath mouthed me and next thing you know the very experienced COO was like, hmm, well, I don't know if you should get a pay raise, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, so this motherfucker done tried to fuck with my, my fu fucking self-esteem. <laughs> now he's messing with bread. the egg. That's a big problem. No. Now he's playing with my bread. That's a big problem for me. Yeah, that's, that's a big, that's a big problem. I got fired first. <laughs> I didn't get fired, but, you know. <laughs> he didn't leave on good terms. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> 
So, all right. So, what was your moment? You was like, yeah, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Um, that was the moment. That was the moment. Him, that was the moment. Him, when that conversation happened, literally, he said that to me, and he was expecting a response. He was expecting me to say like, oh, like you're right, or this and the other. I want to go into whatever department, and I was just like, mm. look, bro. I ain't even gonna name names. I was just like, look, bro. I'm gonna have to get off this phone call. I can't even talk to you right now. And I immediately like message our HR, this and the, the other. And I was like, something has to give. And that's when it came mm-hmm. out that he had gone to HR weeks before he was even like officially made the new marketing person to like undermine my standing at FTX. And, I, and then, you know, it led to a series of conversations with president of FTX US and me talking about the situation with him um, as well as just a bunch as well as a conversation with the COO and that was the point where I was like all right this isn't really adding up this really is Mm -hmm. truly a situation of kids leading kids and I'm not going to be able to get my worth in a company like this and at the time, the ex- I didn't know what to expect, to be honest, from a company. I didn't know if this is how all companies were. Um, it's interesting because I made a Twitter thread about my experiences in which some people responded, you know, this is the internet. Um, some people responded like, oh, it just sounds like corporate America, like somebody's never worked a job before. And I'm like, it's the opposite of corporate America. Startup culture and corporate America culture are two distinctly different things. But I might even want to say that though, because like I still have a very startup feel at my company, honestly, and it's it's totally different from that, like at all. I'm in a startup now, and a crypto startup, nonetheless, where we're launching a platform. And I have a full team, like I have a team of 12 people and nobody is on riding my ass like they were at FTX. Like it's not every <laughs> single thing that you do doesn't have to be trial by fire. Like that was, that shit was not normal, <laughs> which I guess, you know, now, <laughs> no, that's not that normal, was a bro. big part, that's not part normal. of their work culture was hiring people that were young who didn't know better. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this in my Twitter thread. It was very cult vibes. Like, you know, one of my coworkers got a tattoo that said Damn. bet more. And I'm like, you're, you're a little too far in. <laughs> Damn. This is sick. Damn, this it is It is sick. like a cult because they take, they take you down to the Bahamas. They molding you. They molding you into what they mm-hmm. want. This is sick. This very is much. Nice. And there was nothing. That was a big thing about the Bahamas. It sounds great for, you know, us. We're sitting in fucking cold ass weather and we're like, oh yeah, I would love to be in a crib in the Bahamas. So you get down there, you're working every single day of the week. There's nothing to do in the Bahamas. And that was the running joke was that the developers never even saw the beach. They never saw the ocean. They only went to the yeah. office. They, some people even slept in the office. And then they had, you know, psychiatrists for mental health so, to keep working. That is sick. I remember this is my sick. first meeting with the psychiatrist, which I highly recommend looking at the Twitter thread because it talks about a lot of this. Um, What's your Twitter uh, at? I think it's Danny Cloud with three eyes. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I talk about the, my first meeting with a psychiatrist, which read the Twitter thread to like really get the tea on the psychiatrist. In fact, I have, that's why I have a dozen news outlets reaching out to me is to talk about company culture and their lovely psychiatrist. Um, 
who. The first time I met with him was like a two and a half, three hour session. I was wasted. It was like at a bar at the hotel. I mean, I wasn't wasted, but I was definitely not sober. Um, and part of a big part of the discussion was him being like, yeah, I specialize in ADHD. Um, I can help you like definitely manage your ADHD. And my big stance was, I don't want to be over medicated. So to hear someone say that and be like, nah, I got you. Like, you're good. <laughs> we'll hook it up. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly I know exactly what you need. I guess I'm just right. <laughs> I got the patch. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, it's just he was definitely very vocal about specializing in ADHD management. And so, you know, to think that they brought him in for any other reason is a nice joke. Um and what's even funnier yeah. is that U.S. doctors can't prescribe in the Bahamas. So that's mm. a little scandalous in terms of how are medications being delivered in the Bahamas. You know. Mm. I'm going to leave my speculation aside because... <laughs> Was foul play involved? Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm about to listen to this. You let the imagination do the math on that. <laughs> like, what? Um, yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it was a great time. <laughs> so what would you say are some of, like, there are negative, a lot of low points, but, like, what were some of the high points that kind of blinded you to how hard you were working for so long? I think almost everything was a blind point. I think there were also sweet spots not everyone got the exact same experience at ftx um mm -hmm. if you were a developer your experience was night and day from someone working in compliance or in customer support or in logistics um and so but the the high points were the harder you worked the higher the high points were you know as i mentioned mm. every single month i was flying somewhere you know, if it wasn't working in the Bahamas, like I should share the videos and pictures with you all um, of like what it looked like. It was incredible. The apartments that I stayed in were no joke between 15 and $20 million. Damn. That's not a apartment. That's a condo. That is a, a multi-million dollar <laughs> condo. Like, residence. I wish I could show you all. I mean, I can show you all, but it was insane. I mean, I stayed in the most expensive neighborhood mm. on the island of Nassau. And we're talking about Tiger Woods's, um, like, complex that he built with three other billionaires. I don't, yeah. you know. And so, mm. conceptual. Like, I remember, <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know. If this, I don't know. I won't get into it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it was definitely, I think one of the highest points is, you know, we all went to Kenwood. How, what are the odds of going from the south side of Chicago to being in a multi million dollar condo and being a part of this community? And I would say that that was probably one of the highest points that I even reflected on. Um, there were so many high points. I mean, that was probably the biggest thing is just being able to be a part of a community that you know you'd probably never have access to in any other way. 
So, so hold on, real quick, before you get to Josh, I want to ask about your, like, I know we was talking about networking last week or the week before. So, like, were you able to do that with, like, people around and millionaires, billionaires around there? And, like, was there anything you were able to benefit from that? I would say yes and no. Um, Not as much as I wish. Not as much as someone who is more, um, like, a social butterfly would. Uh, I think one of the problems is you're surrounded by a bunch of people that are in tech. And so like all the stereotypes are true, like wearing shorts and t-shirts and sandals or being barefoot everywhere, right? Like they in came everyone from FTX and it did a complete 180 on what the dynamics in that community club were, right? Um, And Mm. so- and I'm also like, even though I was around that, I'm still going to be the person that judges a multimillionaire, <laughs> you know, like I'm still a little judgmental. And so I didn't network as much as I think someone who's better at networking would have. And one of the contributing factors is that a lot of the people that I was directly around, a lot of them were in crypto. Um, and so now, I mean, obviously I'm still in crypto. And so, yes, mm. I would say the networking definitely stuck, but not as... I didn't spread out to just meet the regular degular multimillionaires, you know, I met a lot of crypto, um, influential people, which I don't know. I don't know if I'll stay in crypto. Obviously I'm in crypto now. Um, I think it's hard to be in marketing in crypto because marketing you're inherently saying like, Hey, come check this out. Come try this out. And we're in the wake of a lot of people checking it out and a lot of people getting burned from it. So Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely here to stay, but I think that it'll be, there will be better conversations to be had two years from now about crypto versus this exact moment. So. I look, you wanted to ask like being, you feel me living in these places, right? So you live in a multi-million dollar crib. So like in your off time, when you're able to like visualize your life, you see what I'm saying? How has that now changed the vision for yourself? You feel me? Absolutely. Like, how, um, how has that you think, affected? Um, I would say that it has been affected more by leaving FTX than by being in FTX. Because, you know, as foreshadowed, um, a lot of what FTX did was get young people in the door, really work them hard, and then churn them out. And it was like, I think that was part of the reason it was very cult-like was because you had all these people coming in and being fascinated with Sam, right? It was like, oh, he's a god. Like, look at what he's built for him. And then you have people like the chief operating officer and other members of the inner circle being like, yeah, this is the standard of which how hard you should work. But no one else was an owner, right? So it was like, you're having the opportunity to sit in on this but your ability to recreate this for yourself is not high. And that's why I even, I think I talked about this in the Twitter thread too. I'm like, this is cool, but it took a grand level of privilege, money, and just unfounded belief in Sam to be able to create an empire like that. Because if I, I'm not going to lie to you, if I went out there and said like, Hey, look, here's my company, invest in it, be a part of it. People are going to be like, mm, what's your, what are your credentials? Like, who's your backing? They're going to be asking a lot more questions 
that nobody asked the MIT graduate with two Stanford tenured parents questions about, right? Oh, this is perfect. <laughs> so, and Josh can ask a better question pertaining to this. You remember how we talked about how um, the Binance dude owned the percentage that he cashed mm -hmm. out? So, do you believe that that was intentional that he was greenlit into capturing this much market space? Um, or market share? He rather? wanted to do the same. All of the both CZ and um, FTX, both Binance and FTX, had in my and this is all speculative, right? I am not having any mm -hmm. conversations with SBF, obviously, on what his goals were or CZ. Um, but I will say that all of them, I think, were in the market to do the same thing. Um, if you recall, before FTX went down, they were trying to buy Voyager um, in the bankruptcy and collect those remaining funds and those users and capture that market share. And then Sam portrayed himself as the white knight coming in to save user funds. But really, he was just trying to cover up the fact that he'd already been mishandling user funds. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so I think the desire to uh. grab market share was definitely there. I think that <clears throat> FTX had been showing signs um, that they were insolvent because of some things internally that they were doing. And they had continued to have raising rounds despite raising a billion, you know, however much. And they were continuing to do it. And the ways in which they were trying to raise money were also sounding alarms. They were promising 20% um, interest and no risk. 20% <laughs> to investors. And no risk. And zero risk for 20%. That's yes. right. And they were having like auction style bidding for investors. So if you went in to invest at the top of the hour, you would get one valuation for the company. But if you had waited like two hours, that valuation would be double. So this <laughs> fake creation of like, um, just urgency like to be a part yeah. of it. <laughs> um, is that FOMO? That FOMO exactly. So, yeah. So, yes, to answer your question, quite yes, I do think that it was very intentional. And I think that that whole letter of interest to buy FTX was a load of crap. Like, I mean, I think he might have done it to swoop in and get like a dollar for cents on the dollar, you know, like maybe, but I really think it was just to tank FTX and to collect market share. That's what I'm. That's what yeah. I thought too. Like just, just to get them out the and way. And it was kind of wild internally. Even when all of this happened, that first week of insolvency being rumored and the divide internally, because everyone, I mean, I was out. I mean, at this point, you know, I had signed my offer letter. I was like, I'm heading <laughs> out with or without y'all. I'm out. But, you know, I didn't announce my resignation. I actually did. I told my direct supervisor, I was like, look, um, I didn't tell him I had another job offer. I was just like, look, I'm gonna probably, you know, head out soon. And then this week is the same week that everything hit the fan. <laughs> and then she kind of forgot. So I <laughs> stayed on payroll and like stayed a part of the conversation for a while until, you know, I was about to start my other job. And it was just interesting to see the divide internally. You know, you have management um, and that C-suite being like, oh, like, everyone let's gather around let's get our rolodexes out we're gonna raise eight billion dollars and then you have people being like, 
the fuck is wrong with y'all? Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, so it's very interesting to see how that whole divide happened. And I think a huge part of it is it really was like a cult. I mean, nobody wanted to believe that it was true. And you have to also um, think about it from the standpoint of before all of this came out, SBF's whole slogan was, I want to be the richest person so I can give it all away. And, you know, he wanted to do, I worked on their banking, the unbanked program where we were going to help a hundred formerly incarcerated Chicagoans open up a bank account and we're going to give them $500 a month. That shit broke my heart when this shit happened. Like we were supposed to launch the same week that they filed for bankruptcy. And, you know, like on one hand, I'm happy we didn't launch because then that would be all those people that would have money on the account that'd be locked. But at the same time, it's just, it's just really shitty I met with members of Congress to talk about them, like literally in a restaurant and it's me and a dozen members of Congress and I'm talking to them on a platform just saying like, hey, this is why it's important to me, you know, to come from humble, you know, relative to everyone else in the in the room, to come from humble beginnings and see and be a part of this world is amazing and i would love to be able to add in a small way pass that on to others and you know instead mm-hmm. of having people using cur- currency exchanges to deposit checks and to send money to relatives here we're providing them a solution and to see that shit go up in smoke like everything else it's just it's it's fucked but i did i already told internally i was telling that to people i was like this whole um, effective altruism is all bullshit. Like <laughs> this is all, <laughs> this is all to get on the side of politicians. It's all bullshit. Like, you know. So you found your job before everything went up in smoke. But are there any co? Like, do you feel like it would have been harder to find another job if you had started looking after all this happened? Big time. I mean, even my current like chief marketing officer joked and was like, you know, <laughs> you know, did I, did I pay a little premium because of uh, <laughs> where we were taking you from at the time? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, sucks to suck. Maybe you did. <laughs> um, but I do, I feel really bad, especially for, um, you know, team members in compliance. Like where do you go when you work for, compliance department of a company you know regardless of what's true and what isn't right like at the end of the day ftx us Mm. was solvent um it was only ftx.com the international branch that was insolvent um and so to be a part of a semi-functional compliance department but to have your work in that department squandered by the scandal i think it was really unfortunate and i am curious to see what will happen you know as i tell them all the time i'm like if there's anyone i'm connected to on linkedin that you see or you want me to reach out to let me know you see a job at my company that's listed you know let me know um but it's it's hard to see he really ruined a lot of people's lives and i don't want to talk about so much the people employed because you know they're being paid to get to be there, you know, we had the the benefits and at the end of the day, you as an employee do have to make choices versus the people who trusted Sam or trusted Tom Brady and put 
money they couldn't afford to lose in FTX, you know? Um, so. Lots of keys, so, lots of coins. You know? so, to, be, <laughs> to, to, to be the gossipy in me real quick. So I was on TikTok <laughs> and I saw a correlation between Tom Brady and his breakout in FTX. Do, do you do you believe it's true? Speculatively. Like, <laughs> speculatively. Again, I don't know Giselle or Tom. <laughs> um, I mean, I would be pissed. I don't think that they... Mm-hmm. Like, filing for divorce takes quite a while. And they were both... Both Tom and Giselle were paid by FTX. So, I... And it's it, like the t- I don't know if the timeline completely adds up. The only way that that would be true is if at some point they tried to pull their money out eight months ago, and it wasn't, it wasn't there. getting pulled out. And that's the only possibility. I really don't think it's that. I think it's more like they were having rocky <laughs> convenient time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be my guess. And this ain't helping. So. <laughs> that's crazy that is that is really crazy to think like the whole complaints thing that you was talking about like somebody worked their ass off for a long time but your job was to stop this from happening so it's like why would we want you you can't you feel me like that's tough that is tough you worked your ass off for that i mean it's that's the thing it's like you're hiring people that (laughs) haven't worked and the industry before like so you know you're really telling them what to do and are you going to be the person who's let's say 22 24 years old 20 even 26 years old are you going to say no to all the perks and do research on your own to be like this doesn't add up or are you going to be the person that's like i'm doing what i'm being told to do i'm doing what i'm being told to do you know and granted we had like bonuses too so the bonuses weren't shabby so you know like (laughs) i don't for starters people didn't have the knowledge to know that something was wrong and then on top of that there wasn't a lot of motivation unless you wanted to To be inquisitive about it yeah (laughs) would you say that a lot of people were from similar backgrounds to yourself as in like never being around like living in bahamas million dollar houses or no one none of those people experienced that before so oh yeah yeah this then abusive this is abusive this is abuse Mm -hmm. this gonna be a crazy documentary one day this is abusive you gonna be in a documentary when they come to you i'm gonna show you all like (laughs) I'm going to scroll through it so you can't see any names, maybe. <laughs> but, like, my... I don't know if you all can see this. This is going to be really ugly, so maybe. Don't judge me. Oh, you can't even see it. But, like, my whole... All my LinkedIn is filled with all news outlets being like, Hey, can you be on our documentary? HBO reached out. Wall Street Journal reached out. The Times reached out. Bloomberg, Bloomberg reached out. Every single news outlet has reached out. Um, to either do yeah. an interview, do a piece, be a part of a documentary. Yeah, like, you could do a press run. They, they, <laughs> they don't pay for them, so I'm like, mm, I'm okay. Oh, well, no, fuck that. <laughs> right. oh, fuck all that. <laughs> you think I'm gonna pop for free? Fuck. <laughs> so I'm like, mm, there's nothing really um, to it. And it hasn't even developed yet. Like, sometimes still got to, like, have. Shit, Hulu. Yeah, they they still uncovering everything. Hulu already released a documentary. 
Nah, Hulu be dropping documentaries to say that somebody died. Like they, 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 they might already got the documentary made before. And they then they just put your death at the end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have no other questions though. We gonna keep this as its own separate pod because I know it's gonna be people that come specifically for this. Well, it was fun. If you have any other questions, now's the time. But. I will say, shout out my new app. <laughs> Speaking of why. Shout out your new app. What's the new app? Um, launching an app sometime in early 2023. It's, called, it's, it's a place where you can buy and trade crypto and even send crypto to relatives internationally down the street from you without paying extra money that you would if you were sending through a cryptocurrency. Mm. I mean, through a crypto... Currency exchange. I need this. Um, this. I'm so glad you're saying this. This is literally a need I have right now. This and <laughs> on top of that, as soon as you set up your account, we give you your keys. So we don't hold any user funds. Um, and That's very important. For anybody that owns crypto, that is the most important thing that you can know. Yep, we don't hold... How do I sign up? Because I I really need this band. I think there's a wait list. Yeah, there's a wait list. We're we're also raffling off um, a Bitcoin to one lucky wait list member. So a Bitcoin, a Bitcoin. How about We'll put the link in the uh, podcast yeah. description for everybody that wants to try and win a Bitcoin. Was it? I think a Bitcoin is worth what right now? I ain't checked in a minute. Seventeen thousand as of now. As of right now, but by the time As you, right now, you off, hold that, <laughs> all of it, yeah. <laughs> so it could be yeah, yours and yeah. your. You got me so. You got me so. Right <laughs> in your wallet that you have the keys to. So, <laughs> um, it's, yeah. it's called. It's going to be called Olive O L L I V, and you can join our waitlist at Olive dot com. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This marketing shit. You, did <laughs> <laughs> you this... got a next. <laughs> So I get paid, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you guys for having me on your podcast. Yeah. Of course, it was great to have you. Thank you for sliding. Thank you for sharing your experience. Absolutely. Anything crypto you guys ever want to chat about, I'm your gal. <laughs> at, uh, at twi- her Twitter is Danny Cloud with three eyes. Go check out her thread for more in-depth about some of the stuff she talked about. Good time. Uh, today. Yeah. All right. Well, 